This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for Sunday, May 8, 2016. The Gospel is taken from the book of John, chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Today we come to the weekend where we celebrate the Ascension of our Lord. The Ascension of our Lord actually happened the 40 days after Christ was um, raised from the dead, and which would have been last Thursday. But we can't get people to come to church on Thursday anymore, so we just transfer it to Sunday, um, which makes it easier for everybody, except that we seem to have a low turnout anyway. So I don't know what we're going to do. If they won't come on Sunday, either, we'll probably be in trouble. The, um, but it's an interesting thing because St. Augustine of Hippo is probably the greatest theologian the Western world has ever known. Um, wrote The City of God and Confessions, two, two wonderful books if you've never read them. Um, said once that, that the Feast of the Ascension is the greatest feast of the Christian year. By far greater than Christmas or Easter. You all have experienced that in your lifetime, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> so why was it he said that? You know, what was he talking about? Well, what he was trying to help people understand is that, and he really didn't mean that it was greater than them, but he meant it was as important as them because they're all part of a whole. But without the ascension, there is no salvation for us. You know, we are still lost in our sins. But it's the ascension of Jesus that enables us to have eternal life. How does that work then? You know, how, how does that happen? Well, you have to think about the fact that when Jesus ascended into heaven, it wasn't you know, a matter of a bunch of disciples staring up at his calloused you know, feet as they were ascending into the clouds or something because he didn't ascend into outer space. You know, they haven't run into him up there when they were going around the earth and the space station or anything. He ascended to an entirely different plane of existence that we call heaven, but it's a place where God reigns in his fullness where the Father is supreme and His will is done. Remember how He taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so that's where He ascended to, to be with the Father. He ascended back into the Godhead. And to understand that, you really have to understand how it all began back when He became flesh in Christmas. Uh, There's a hymn in Philippians in the second chapter that says, though he was equal with God, he did not count equality with God as something to be held on to, but rather he emptied himself and became a slave who became obedient even unto death. See, when Jesus came to earth, he emptied himself of all of the power and the majesty and the knowledge of what it meant to be God. He didn't empty himself of the very nature of God, he was still divine, but he did empty himself of, of the power and the majesty and the glory and, and the, the knowledge so that he could also be human. And when he became human, he didn't just take on his own human nature. He took upon himself all of human nature. The very essence of what it means to be God lived in Jesus Christ. And the very essence of what it means to be a human being lived in Jesus Christ. They both shared that one common person. So everything that it meant to be human was in Jesus. Everything that it meant to be human died on the cross. Everything that it meant to be human rose from the grave in the resurrection. All of those things, he was in and of himself. But you might ask, well, okay, but still, how does that tie into the ascension? 
Well, you see, you have to begin to understand it. A lot of people would have thought, well, why didn't he just do what he was doing anyway after the resurrection? I mean, after the resurrection, he was uh, appearing to his disciples and, and teaching them, wasn't he? You know, he showed up and they would break bread and he was going on the road to Emmaus. He was by the Sea of Galilee cooking breakfast. You know, we have all these stories of him appearing, but why did that not just go on forever? Why didn't he just keep doing that? What, what was the necessity of this ascension? Well, the necessity of this, the ascension is simple. It's that up until that time, the only thing that lived in heaven were the angels that God created to live there and God. So you have the divine essence and you have the angels, but humanity didn't live in that plane of existence. But when Jesus ascended into heaven, he took with him our human nature. The very essence of who we are becomes one with God in the ascension. And it is because of that that we have the opportunity to share in that eternal life of God. Not because we get our own ascension or our own resurrection, but because we share in His, because He assumed our nature. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about how that works as we go along, because next week will be Pentecost when we talk about the gift of the Spirit, and the following week will be the, uh, the Feast of the Trinity where we talk about, so if we become one with God, how do we get to be ourselves? And, and all of that is tied up in these three feasts that, that we celebrate. But in ascending into heaven, Jesus took human nature itself, our human nature, in to be one with God. Now, in today's gospel lesson, it's what's known as the high priestly prayer. Before he left his disciples, he prayed for them to the Father. And as he's praying, he's praying that they all may be one as he and the Father are one. How do you think the church is doing with that? I don't know how many denominations there are. I lost track after they got past 10,000. Um, we're hardly one in any sense of the imagination. Oftentimes you can't even uh, fellowship with Christians of, of other denominations. Depending on what the denomination is, they won't allow you to receive communion or participate. Some say you have to be baptized a certain way before you can be fully a part of the church. Some say you know, it doesn't matter how you be baptized. Some say you have to be confirmed before you can fully participate. Some say that doesn't matter. I mean, we hit, we're all over the map. It's hard to say that we are all of one mind in Christ you know, when we do that. So what's happened? What happened to the church? What happened to that glorious mystery that changed the Roman world? Well, what I would suggest to you is that we forgot who we are. We forgot that in our baptisms, we receive the Holy Spirit and that through the Holy Spirit, we share in the human and divine natures of Christ himself. You see, we already had a human nature, but because the Holy Spirit now lives in us, we also have a divine nature that lives in us. And that divine nature, which in his prayer, Jesus says, I will send you the Holy Spirit, one who will comfort and, and guide you into all truth, you know, is one that we rarely pay attention to. All too often, you know, we're all for receiving the Holy Spirit, but we treat it like, you know, I get baptized and I've got my ticket. Now, when I get to the pearly gates, I just show St. Peter and he says, come on in. And, and that's kind of all there is to it. But how can that be? I mean, that would be just like magic or something. That would be silly. No, we receive the Spirit so that the Spirit can lead us and guide us. 
And the way that we share in God's eternal life is not by trying harder and doing better. You know, there are a lot of Christians out there who think that there's some sort of scale in heaven. Like, remember when babies 